the Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and we are Two Broke Watch Knobs, um, and this is our this is our first uh, inaugural episode. Yeah. Yep. Um, it took it. It took us a little while to make this happen. <laughs> yeah, we started. But it's happening. Started recording with uh, some coffee cans, and uh, you know, <laughs> now now we're we've upgraded to six-year-old macbooks and uh well before uh, before i was yelling out the window and hoping you heard me all the way you know a few hundred miles away that was <laughs> those were the days <laughs> those were the days man neighbors complaining Cass is yelling out the window again ah they're recording that two rogue watch knobs podcast <laughs> so little, uh little shits today today we're supposed to uh we're gonna be talking about uh getting into vintage watches and yes uh, uh kind of entering into the world of vintage watches uh, in the most affordable way possible. Yeah, um, which is, at the, I think, at the heart of the reason why, I mean, even before we started talking about a podcast, that's something, that was one of the first things we ever started talking about forever ago, because I know you've been into watches way longer than I have. I've been into watches for about a year. You got me into them, just a bit of background. And even yeah. as far back as back then, when I was getting into watches, I just was, for some reason, drawn to vintage watches. And I think, I think that happens to... Uh, a lot of people i mean when you don't even regard the price you just for some reason think about vintage watches you know what i mean yeah i think there's also there's also like a weird um sort of requirement to like vintage watches some people some people don't like them uh, and that's that's perfectly fine i almost right. feel like i almost feel like the pressure is too much uh, like you need to, you, you need to, you need to go vintage or your collection or your collection is garbage. Um, you're, you're scrolling Zodiac Z wolves on eBay and just crying from the pressure. I can't, can't, just can't do it. Yeah. So, um, I just can't do it. You know, it's funny. Uh, you, you, you make a good point. Like people feel like it's not real or, you know, it's a rite of passage to go vintage. Cause I think for a lot of things, um, a lot of niche collecting things, watches, especially, you know, uh, it's not authentic unless you try and reach into the history, reach into yeah. the history of the actual thing to like bring that into your collection. So I think people, when they want to collect watches, they want to be seen as like an authentic watch collector. And so how right. do you do that? Well, you reach as far back in history as you can, you know? That's true. That's, that's a good point. And I think, yeah. I think both of us uh, from, from some prior discussion, we, um, we caught the vintage the vintage bug and it went it went smoothly for us i think um we both chose uh some pretty affordable vintage timepieces to uh to go with um right what what what, what, what we 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 are i know you and i are very very familiar with my first uh, vintage pieces which i'll get into but i actually don't know what your first first uh first vintage purchase was i thought it did but actually i'm not sure what what would you consider your first uh uh, vintage piece the first was the smiths oh yeah. man okay that, that's what i thought i wasn't sure that was such a cool watch yeah so it was uh it was the smiths w10 it was a 1969 uh smiths and smiths was an old um 
there's an old British watch company. It's uh, it's not around anymore uh, for some background. Um, you know, that that particular watch, the W10, which is kind of like a generic, um, you know, reference for a military watch. It was, uh, right. I think uh, it got the most sort of uh, military use in like 1982 the during the Falklands Island conflict where Jesus. You know, okay. um, Argentina invaded the uh, Falkland Islands and uh, you know, it was... It was a bit of a mess for a while, but uh, those those watches are kind of known for uh, for uh, being utilized. Uh, Seeing combat. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if mine saw combat, but uh, <laughs> it was it was it was. Well, well it was, what was the? Well, this is this is something that's important when you're getting into vintage watches. Also, like, what was the rate of production for the for those Smiths back then in England? Because England know, wasn't making that many watches, were they? I, I'm not really sure. Um, they are pretty hard to find. I remember. I remember when I was looking. Uh, I bought mine uh, from a Canadian like eBay user, right? And I had actually never seen any for sale in the states. You see a lot of you see a lot of UK sellers, but uh, I remember it was actually quite difficult for me to find an example that I liked. Wow. But it was it was a really cool watch. Uh, one of one of the watches I kind of regret getting rid of, you know. <laughs> oh my god, I totally forgot you got rid of it. That that's that's a giant difference between you and I that I think people, if they do decide to stick with the podcast, would be which would be fantastic because we're two broke watch knobs and we'll take anything we can get. What I think people are gonna realize uh, the more we listen to us is you you flip watch or it feels like you flip watches a lot. I hang on to them like tumors. Like those are with me forever you know what i mean they're gonna find all the watches like the base of my skull cutting off nerve signals to my spine like like tumors but you i like i'll get like an email from you or like like a text saying uh uh hey man sold these four watches and i'll be like fuck dude like what 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 happened now like how do we go on yeah i can't i can't process that so i'm one of those collectors because i know there's some guys like you who flip them no problem ain't shit not a big deal me i can't do it. It, it it would it would feel like i was you know shipping off a testicle like i'm like i need that i know people will tell me i don't need it or i can get a prosthetic but i need that i'm not gonna mail it but you no man you'll 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 ship them left and right yeah yeah i mean it's it's kind of uh it's a bit of a bad habit but um you know luckily that watch i didn't i didn't really take a hit on it uh, it was cool owning it for a while. It was cool having it serviced and um, oh yeah, you got it serviced. Brought into some some pretty sweet working order, um, but it was it was a great watch. Uh, for those that you know haven't seen it, or maybe we can put a link up. Um, it was actually the last the last uh, mechanical watch that was made in the UK by oh, man. by a British watchmaking company and. Um, the uh the movement it was a manual wind movement it was uh, you know 36 millimeter basic time only time yep. only watch you know field military style with the uh the broad arrow um yep. a cool a, little watch man yeah had a had the manual movement was uh i guess based off of an old jlc movement as well yep. so that, that was cool and you you would turn it over on the back and it had all the uh all the military markings so it was uh it was a true 
military watch. It was, I think at the time that I purchased it, uh, was around, I want to say 400 bucks, something around it. Okay. And if, if you look, if you look for examples today, they've gone up quite a bit. Um, think, yeah, there's, there's an example up about nine, 900 going on eBay Shit, now for, for like 900 bucks. Fuck that, dude. But, but that's cool. still, so, so there's something that, uh, so just, just for the listeners, there's something that Michael and I talked about for a long time. What constitutes a watch appropriate for two broke watch knobs? And so we basically talked about anything past the $1,000 area, which we understand is essentially, but expensive for a lot of people, but just as like a maximum maximum cap anything past 1000 that's not a watch that qualifies for two broke watch now so technically 900 bucks yeah. falls within those parameters it does of being an affordable vintage it you know? does i i'm just it's kind of it's not it's nuts to see it jump up so much because i had that watch what a year ago two years ago maybe? yeah it must have it must have been i mean I mean, I can check Watch Recon as well. Uh, watch Recon. Oh, by the way, um, the name Smiths is still around. However, it's not the same company. It's it's another company called Time Factors, and they do produce a modern reissue of the uh, W10 with, I think, a Miyota movement inside. Are they Asia-based? Because what I've, what I've noticed is a lot of... Chinese and Asia companies will purchase some of these legacy legacy European companies, continue to make the watches, but obviously they're not, you know, the I'm, same watches. It's the same brand name, but they're actually in the UK. They're in the UK still. Oh, okay, I guess that counts. <laughs> yeah, plus plus forty four. Um, and yeah, they make they make the W ten. I think they bought some other some other brands as well. But the W10 that they make now, let's take a look. Yeah, I think it's a Miyota movement. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting choice. So it's that's not a that's obviously not a manual wind then. Um. Or do they modify it? Do people modify Miyota movements? I don't think so. You always get the modified Edas. Or the modified Valju, but I don't. I don't think it's worth modifying a Miyota. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm really not sure. That's crazy though, man. Well, actually, it's really funny. So the price increase on the watch that you purchased sort of relates to my watch purchase. So as both you and I know, we were talking about you know, a few minutes ago before we started the podcast. Uh, my first vintage purchase was the uh, was the Raketa Big Zero. So um, for our listeners also, what you're going to notice is I'm going to talk a lot, probably more than you want to hear, about Russian watches because that was kind of my introduction into uh, affordable vintage timepieces. So I remember the Raketa Big Zero. I saw it. Someone made a post about it on the watch subreddit or something, and I mentioned it to you, and then you had said you had seen it. I think Worn and Wound used to do those um, affordable watch, like like vintage watch posts. They used to have like a post they would do every yeah. now and then. Was it the, was it Worn and Wound or was it um, who the hell was it? It was Worn and Wound, uh, and I actually think that was one of their first. Um, yeah, 
post on like a like an affordable timepiece. It, it was it was an yeah. old an old post. Yeah. So I saw I saw the watch on watch subreddit. Someone someone had was like, oh, I found uh, a pig digested this. So I found it and it it looked all it looked awful. This thing was you know wrecked. And but there was something about that uh, that watch. If, so for what we'll do is we'll try and put pictures above the watches that we're talking about, like in the show notes at the bottom, just so y'all have a reference. So we're just not you know not really talking about watches that we won't ever show you. What you'll see on the big zero is um, <clears throat> it's uh, numerical indicators at twelve, you know, uh, six, three, and nine. But the twelve is, is not a twelve. It's just a you know the the, the the big fucking zero, you know, it's, it's Riketa big zero. They don't big call zero. it a big zero because you know it's a waste of money. It's it's got a big zero in the twelve indicator, and there's just something so legible and bold about it. The hands are very simple, rectangle black hands. It's a white dial. It's almost like a like a really tiny like cushion case almost. It's probably I think thirty nine millimeters. It's a small watch. Mm-hmm. It's a manual wind. So um so back to the point. Uh, also, your you know listeners, you're gonna hear me tell random stories and get off topic. So, you know, Michael, try and try and drag me back when you can. Um, uh, the hell, man. Oh, Warn and Wound. So I remember you had mentioned it, and I went on Warn and Wound, and I was reading, and uh, they had said, like, oh, we paid, I don't know, it was like... I, like got, the, I under... got the article open. Let's see. 65. Did they say how much? 65 bucks. $65. Okay, so the one in that post, it is a, like, I think it's new old stock, like, in the box with the original strap, and I'm like, oh my god. Correct. I'm, at, the time, at the time of this, uh, uh, Michael and I were, were broke-ass uh, copywriters. That's our yep. niche, marketing. Uh, and so I said to myself, I'm a broke-ass copywriter. I'm, 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 you know, stealing quarters out of fountains. I can easily afford $65. <laughs> Well, what my dumbass didn't know, and this is what you have to look out for with the with the you know affordable vintage piece that you're looking for, is if someone like Hodinkee or or Warner Round or a blog to watch covers it, the price is going to go up. Definitely, the, the, almost, the, the almost inevitable rise. Yeah. The, the 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 you know the inevitable like erection of the market. It's just going to go up for some <laughs> reason. It's going to happen in the middle of class when you have to go up to the board. It's going to happen when you're in a movie with your parents. It doesn't matter where. That's just just gonna go up. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the article one around had written that like, what year? Uh, what year? You have it up there right now, Mike. What what year they got it? This is a twenty twenty thirteen. It's funny that you say oh that because because I was gonna ask you about the uh, the condition on this one. How how hard is it to to find that now? You know, box and papers, new old stock. I mean, certainly, I know it's not going to be 65 bucks, but I've never even seen one like that. I've never seen it. I've never, since that article has been written, dude, the, 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 the average like meme or mode or mode or whatever, the, 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 the average price you're going to see for that watch <clears throat> on eBay, which is its own minefield, is like a hundred bucks. So, yeah. and it's going to, it's going to look like someone chewed on it for 40 years. You know and I'm, I mean? I'm not um, going to find, I'm probably not going to find a USA seller either, right? It's pretty rare. Okay. If you do find a USA seller, I'll tell you right now, they're probably going to charge you more than what the overseas seller was going to sell. So you're, you're going to find, so this is just kind of like a general thing for eBay, <clears throat> you're going to find the majority of vintage Russian watch pieces coming out of Bulgaria, the Ukraine, and uh, Russia. And they're going to be super cheap because during the post-revolution, the Soviet Union made millions 
millions and millions and millions and millions of watches. So this is something also to keep in mind. Just because a watch is affordable doesn't necessarily mean it's uh, not special or something like that. It's just the reality is they Definitely. made a lot of them. So it's not like, you know, like a Lunar Oysters Panerai from the 40s with the Rolex movement. Which 90, I, 90, I, I love... I love that he has up there, by the way. <laughs> so that's a whole different thing. So <clears throat> that is not too broke watching out for you. That is that that is above the one thousand uh, dollar cap. Although so, we have that that thousand dollar cap, you're you're gonna hear us uh, make fun of uh, other watches outside of that range quite a bit. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is our it is our God given right as as just broke ass people who like watches to just just make fun of watches that make we'll fun never of and, and admire. And admire, admire definitely uh what is it what is it flattery or, or flattery or, or or crippling crippling ridicule is the largest form of compliment i have no idea what that saying is i told totally, i totally it's, just i stumbled in the middle of that saying i just i just said random words so it was over so i have no idea what that what that idiom is you might have made that up i might have i i i full disclosure i made that up it sounds I, good I was hoping it sounds fantastic i'm gonna put it on my resume it's going on my resume right now perfect crippling ridicule <laughs> Is the highest form of compliment. My name is Casimir's. Uh, so, so the, okay, the big zero. Okay. And so I was attracted to this watch. I saw the post. I go online. I could not find one for under $100. The other issue is you're going to see a lot of what are called Franken watches, especially for old Soviet vintage pieces. So these are uh, watches they'll piece together from pieces of other watches so it might have the right case but the dial will be wrong or it might have the right dial but the hands will be wrong and so i got like a crash course and just trying to figure this out like i just want a raketa big zero because at the time all i had michael was that um that seiko snk i, I still have it by the way i, I was there <laughs> i was there when you got it you were there i bought it because you told me uh, it was a cool watch i didn't know anything back then and i'm, I'm happy you told me this this uh, is all and, this is all my fault I feel this is, this is so, <laughs> I used to spend my money on like groceries and like spending time with my fiance. Now it's just, I'm just pulling quarters out of my couch to buy raquettas. Like that's <laughs> my new life. I'm so you know? sorry. Um, no, I, I'm not. I'm having a good time, dude. <laughs> so, so I look, I look and thing is they printed these big zero dials with all kinds of Soviet propaganda and like Duke Nukem logos, a whole bunch of weird shit. There's a really weird looking uh, Raketa Big Zeros out there. I don't know why. And so I got super discouraged. I'm like, okay, I'm never going to find this watch. Let me try and learn more about the brand in general just by eBay searching Raketa. So the only reason, Michael, I was able to get my watch, which is uh, early to mid 80s, all original except the strap, original crystal, hands, movement, case back, surprisingly, everything. Mm-hmm. is someone put it up on eBay as a Raketa, but they called it the wrong thing. Like, they, they, they misnamed it. Like, they misnamed it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And so when people typed in Big Zero, that watch wasn't coming up. So they had it up as Raketa Big Numerals. <laughs> <laughs> Did, didn't you find it on, like, the, the, the Polish eBay also? Or, like, it Ital- was, uh... Italian... Italian. Oh eBay? no, that's the that's the Slava Medical. That's a whole other uh, Soviet watch grail hunt. Um, the Slava Medical. It's a uh, it's a pulse meter. Uh, the only mechanical manual wind pulse meter that Russia produced during the Soviet Union. Uh, all the other pulse meters they had uh, created were quartz. So there was um, Chaika and Raketa has one. 
but that's a whole different story. I'll, 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 I'll talk to you for 15 hours, Michael, about goddamn pulse meters for some reason. I'm not even a doctor, and I just really want, I just really want a pulse meter in my life. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and so I see this watch, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is, why is this fool calling this? First of all, it was Raketa, you know, normal, and then big numerals, all uppercase, like all caps, like the caps lock bug got taped down. And I'm like, I'm like, is this must be some like translation error from this poor dude in Russia. And so what I did was, this is also a really good tip. Also, I guess the bright side of these big uh, journal uh, watch press blogs putting out these posts on vintage watches is right. I was comparing it, uh, you know, inch to inch, centimeter to centimeter to the watch on worn and wound, which I knew for a fact was original. Everything was original. Even, even back then when I didn't know about movements and... And uh, maker stamps. It was the right movement, 2609.ha. It was the right bridge plates, which a lot of times they'll end up swapping out. It was the right case back. It was the right crystal. The crown was right. Everything was right. And I literally said to myself, holy shit balls, I'm buying this. Michael, because do you know how much I bought that watch for? No. $45. 45 bucks. 45 <laughs> bucks, man. Just because that guy couldn't speak English. You know what I mean? And it's it's a it's a really cool watch. I mean, you'd you'd wear it into the office. Uh it has it yeah. has a really cool it has a really cool presence to it that isn't um it's not insulting. It's not uh, it's not a loud watch. It's just it's just different and it's really it's cool. It's very it's very bold. It's not bold in like a look how large my penis is. It's more bold in like, wow, that's a that's a sharp looking watch because it's a it's a stark white dial, black uh, a, like hand applied as we found out later, hand applied indices. They're like little black arrows, and then the actual numbers. Um, it's just it's a good looking watch. Uh, I'll we know I'll I'll put a picture up. Um, I would put a picture up of mine in the show notes, but I have to replace the crystal because my fiance broke the crystal on mine, which was a complete accident. Out of it's true, like, out of true love. <laughs> out of true love, she said it's me or the watches, and I said I choose the watches, and so she she stomped on it with a Doc Martin. <laughs> you know, no, I left it on a I left it on the kitchen counter, and she had like grabbed her purse or something, and uh, it had fallen off. Um, so don't put your valued watch possessions on kitchen counters. Put them in a watch box where they belong. I have a watch box. I have that's, two of them. That's true. I literally. I I literally, Michael. This is how bad I am. I use my watch boxes to rest my drinks on, because they're next to my bed. All right. I should probably start putting my fucking watches in there. The watch box right now has, let's see. It it has the Swatch System Fifty One in the new box. On top of it, uh, I've got a watch tool and a little a little bag of the. Um, it's not a bag. It's a box of poopy bags for my dog. When we, when we go walking so that's that's what's on the watch box now i don't feel i don't feel too bad that's cool man yeah yeah I don't worry rock and roll don't worry but uh yeah but what we'll do is we'll put a picture of the raketa up there um in my opinion if there is a watch you are going for which you wanted to wear an affordable vintage watch that had uh, a reliable movement that you could wear to the office or just hanging out it would hardcore be that watch that was um, I don't know what drew me to that watch initially. I think it was just my own natural like tastes and predilections, but I saw that watch, I researched it, and after I got that watch, I got I, I was already I was already in too deep with these vintage Russian watches and I've just been learning about them ever since and I've 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 purchased more since then. I'm gonna purchase more now. 
and it's just been uh, it's it's been crazy. Um, but yeah, now I got to replace the crystal on that on that Riketa. Um, oh, uh, uh, I will say, <laughs> I will say that uh, Riketa Big Zero is the least water resistant watch I think on the face of the planet. Did I ever tell you, Michael, what happened when I I uh, I woke up one morning and I put it on? I decided to wear it to work instead of my uh, sumo. Um, my my everyday beater is the SBDC zero z three sumo, the new prospects one. Uh, it's, it's is is that is that what you're wearing right now? Uh, I am. At, I actually wore uh, the seven zero zero two you gifted me. Oh, okay, cool, <laughs> nice. I wore that today. <laughs> I, I have I have the Vostok that uh, you gifted me. Yeah, so the, uh, cool. Michael. Uh, I gave Michael the other uh, my second vintage uh, watch purchase, which was the um, early generation Vostok Amphibia, uh, probably early seventies. The bezel, the really, bezel's really hard to turn, but I still use it. <laughs> I still use it to time my my cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not the prettiest watch in the world, but it's really, really cool watch. Well, um, just for shits and giggles, we'll throw that in the uh, in the show notes also. Then, um, yeah. but what I, I think uh, what we should probably maybe start heading towards the end of this episode because what I think uh, the point of this episode is to illustrate is that this is a really large, diverse topic. Yeah. So we want to kind of treat this inaugural episodes uh, uh, episode of Two Broke Watch Knobs as kind of a a general opener to the topic of uh, you know vintage uh, affordable watches so preceding episodes after this will be more brand specific we'll also talk about not vintage watches affordable watches in general watch press watch news things like that but for this first episode i think it was really important for us to cover what was really you know crucial to just the addiction because it becomes an addiction i love learning the history i love learning what makes a, a vintage watch uh, unique, um, you know, is this the original movement? Is this not? Blah blah blah. How many KGB officers killed someone wearing this? Because I'm sure, Michael, I don't know if I ever told you, but the Raketa Zero is in fucking perfect condition. Really? Whoever, whoever wore that watch uh, probably sat at a desk and died of colon cancer or whatever, or they were just like a KGB officer piano wiring like 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 innocent people because. Well. The only area of wear on that watch is the uh, the crown because it's a manual wind. That's it. Whoever whoever wore this Vostok is not okay. <laughs> that thing ha- has definitely been through like the digestive system of like a tortoise. Uh, that Vostok Amphibia, it's been thrashed. But I think for a watch like that, because it, it's a diver, so for folks who don't know, uh, it is a diver. It's the first diver. Um, I believe it's the first diver that the Soviet Union produced. Uh, because to just a short history lesson, I don't want to get too much into it. Um, post Bolshevik Revolution, uh, Soviet Union, Lenin, all that stuff, they stopped bringing in outside components, outside materials from outside the uh, the, the USSR. So they wanted to make everything themselves. Up until that right. point, all watches in the USSR had been coming from Switzerland, France, Germany, um, and things like that. So almost overnight they had to establish how are we going to make our own watches did they did, gonna... didn't they buy swiss tooling though they purchased machines now i i'm still in the process of research researching so i know they purchased machines from america that's and right i know yeah. they purchased machines from either uh germany or switzerland i want to say germany 
just because okay. of the, um, uh, uh, I think, geography and everything like that. I want to say Germany. And in addition to that, they actually had uh, people from those countries come with the machines to teach them for a year or two. So the point of this, I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to take too much of the time. The point of this is, really quickly, Russia had to figure out how the hell can we supply not just civilians, but our military with the watches they need. How are we going to do, uh, how are we going to get, you know, our naval officers equipped? How are we going to get, you know, divers equipped, so on and so forth? So really, really quickly, they had to get very, very creative. And the Vostok Amphibia was just their way of competing with other divers that were pretty popular at the time. This was... 1967. 1967 was the first uh, Vostok Amphibia, and I know Vostok Europe, which is the modern iteration of Vostok, which isn't like the real Vostok, they did a reissue, which um, I haven't done too much research on. I don't know too much about it, but but yeah, so so yeah, the, the watch that you have, Michael, is early generation. That's early 70s. Nice. So that's a, and it's a, pretty, it's a pretty rare dial. You don't see that dial too often, and it has really, really cool... Um, uh, that humidity, that 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 tropic uh, like dial bubbling going on in there, which yep. is, I mean, you don't want you don't want that on a dive watch, which is probably why the guy that was wearing it died while wearing it. So, you know, <laughs> good for us, you know. Um, but it's a really really cool watch. Yeah, we should definitely put a picture of that watch up there. Yeah, yeah, and um, I think, you know, going off what you said, um, you know, talking about how we're gonna review some other brands. Uh, I think, yep. I think when when getting into vintage, uh, the big elephant in the room is actually Seiko. Um, oh know, yeah. <laughs> when you when you when you start talking to some some watch collectors and and different people that are into watches, a lot of times even the recommendation uh, for your first watch is going to be, you know, Seiko 5 or yeah. You know, that was you know mine. some some kind of which which is perfectly fine. And the the same can be said, you know, for your first vintage purchase. Yours uh the diver that I gave you, I think, is is a little newer. It's it's a ninety six seven double o two, right. And one one of the things that I think keeps people from buying vintage uh, is dependability. Uh, people people want to know right. that they they have something solid on their wrist. And uh, you know some some of these older watches that you handle, they they feel kind of kind of chintzy, like you're gonna break them just walk into your car so yeah. uh yeah. but you don't get that with these seikos um <laughs> <laughs> and and even this this vostok uh it's it's been beaten around um quite a bit and uh you know yeah the thing I, is that that vostok it's basically the majority of the watch is just steel the crystal it's five millimeter thick acrylic the watch is super super thick steel it's not it's not like a sexy watch but it's a very like. Is it sexy? Maybe it is sexy. I can't even tell anymore. It's sexy. I, I, I'm all hopped up on English tea. I don't know. It's just. It's just. It's. It's. It's a very very cool watch. And so I think that's a really good point. Um, it is a vintage watch, but it feels very robust. But at the same time, I think uh, it'd be good to you know wrap up this episode just talking about a first affordable watch purchase, not vintage, first affordable watch purchase being a Seiko. Uh, I think there's some people which will kind of snub, like snub, scrub, snub their noses. What the hell is it? Lift their noses? Uh, there's some people yeah, who, just, who, who, will, who will shit on the idea of someone buying a Seiko. Yeah. But um, I, I want to do an episode about this in the future. It just, buying a Seiko as your first watch, buying a Seiko 5 as your first watch, or buying like 
the new Grand Seiko uh, uh, High Beat GMT that they just put out with that uh, like oh, sunset dial and that and that rotor in the back. You saw that, right? That that thing is so cool. Yeah. Buying that grand <laughs> buying that Grand Seiko as your last watch purchase ever, that would be a watch life well lived. And I think that speaks more to just Japanese engineering in general. It the whole idea of Citizen Watches, another Japanese brand, is that everyone, 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 everyone can have a watch. If you want an affordable watch, you can have that. If you want an expensive watch, you can have that. That's not really the Rolex or like Patek Philippe mentality, you know, or like the Richard Meal, like Richard Meal. We want we want everyone to have a Richard. I gave a Richard Meal watch. <laughs> I gave Richard meals to uh, all of my guests at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> they were. I, I on on my desk. I have a bowl of Smarties. And a bowl of Richard meals that people who come to me to speak can just they can take a Richard meal and some Smarties. Yeah, you know what I mean? my my wife so, and I did we did one of those cupcake uh, wedding cakes, and inside of each cupcake <laughs> was a was a Richard meal. So you you bite you bite down and there you go, you, you get a Richard meal. <laughs> had, a, had a lot of chip toots that night, let me tell you. <laughs> yep. But uh, but yeah, so I want to do I want to talk more about that in the future. But I think at this point, I think this is a good point to kind of just keep the episode short. Give people a flavor of what to expect, and uh, yeah, this is uh, this is two broke watch knobs. Um, and again, this is Kaz. This is Mike, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. See you.